to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. This is the footage that will never make it. Never know. So Josh, who's been putting up the YouTube, he has a video game show channel thing that he puts up. And will you watch him play video games? On uh, Twitch. On Twitch, but you can pay money to scare him while he's playing video games. <laughs> and it is awesome. And I was thinking that maybe we should, and it makes a really loud noise where it does something. And I was thinking that would be a great fundraiser for revolution yeah. is that yeah, people yeah. could just make really loud noises <laughs> when I'm speaking. It'd be like a thousand dollars for a fart noise, you know? Yeah. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the evolution, the revolution live and direct on Facebook. So, as soon as we get enough followers, I think we're going to start going full time on uh, YouTube. YouTube. So we might make the move, move the sanctuary. Yeah. We'll still be able to cast that onto Facebook, though. So yeah, but we won't be coming from Facebook directly. Well, um, well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to sunny Seattle. It's a beautiful day out today. It is. It's been gorgeous. Someone has asked to join the video. I always find that interesting. Um, I'm going to start doing that. We could do that as a fundraiser. Yeah. <laughs> For your love gift. Pop into the video. Yeah. So life is still unchanging, um, which has been okay, I guess. Change is always weird as well, but been, you know, very busy, very crazy, and very dadding, lots of dadding and trying to find fun, interesting things to do as I dad. And that's fun. So tomorrow, um, I will be getting, oh no, not tomorrow, today after the service, I'm getting that shot, the vaccination. A little bit nervous about it, not going to lie. Um, also, like if you're Generation X and you grew up in the 90s, you know, you like got a lot of rage against the machine in you. And so when you think government and big pharmaceutical, mm. and then you think, you know, you're like, am I supposed to be raging against the machine, but this is the right thing to do. I don't know what, to, oh my God. Um, so I'm just going to go get it done because I have little children. So there you go. Going to get a shot and hopefully not be sick for the next few days. Hopefully. So I was supposed to be flying to Belfast, Northern Ireland tomorrow, and uh, I'm not because uh, the UK has said that I'm too dangerous to be there. Too and dangerous. They said my speaking is too dangerous and I could upset people in Belfast. So I won't be flying out there. Well, no one can actually fly out there. But yeah, that would be cool to go, but I'm not going to be able to go. But that's what I want to talk to you guys about um, a little bit is last week was pretty amazing. Um we had a big crowd last week, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, live, live crowd. Um, and Pete Rollins spoke last week in, in, in purity culture, impurity culture. And it was great. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I was actually tempted to just replay it today and just be like, you guys need <laughs> to watch this again. Um, because I felt like it was so good. I mean, honestly, listening to it, I was like, um, I was like, man, I could still at least three sermons from this talk. Um, but it was really good, and I felt like it was healthy, and it was one of those things where I really would like to people to hear it. You know, I, I tried to get more folks to listen when I went online uh, on, on, on Twitter and, and stuff like that, trying to guilt people into listening more. Um, and that's also your job. Guilt some people into listening to Pete's talk, because I think it's productive. I think it's healthy. I think it allows us to look not at just the problems around us, but also at ourselves and how we play into those issues and those problems. Totally. And so I think it's really, 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 really an important talk yeah. for people to share and for people to hear. And uh, I would almost go as far as saying it was probably the best talk I've ever 
we've ever had a revolution. I just really was, was blown away by it. It was great. Um, he is so good. I'd love Pete's talk. So if you guys get a chance to share that talk even more, retweet it or re-Facebook it, put it on your Facebook page, let people know about it. I would appreciate it. I'm not asking you to promote me. I'm just asking you to promote it. You can even go to his, I think he put it up on his own site. So you can go to his YouTube and get mm-hmm. it there as well and take off all our branding and put it up. I don't care. I just think what the work that Pete's doing is very important. I think it might be more important than even he realizes. And it's just so timely for where we're at right now. And uh, it goes to a depth that my education does not allow me to get down into. And uh, so I'm just, I just was really grateful to have that here. And I think it's something that could help us all be uh, better people. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm always striving for is to, how can we be better people? How can we help each other? How can we look at ourselves? How can we grow? You know? And I think that that kind of message leads to community, better community. Yeah. And so that's why I was so into it is because I want to see better community in the, in the country, in the world, and in the church, and not the church, whatever. I just think it was great. So please share that with folks. That being said, um, what I also wanted to talk about is next weekend, I believe it's the 21st through the 23rd, um, Pete is doing Wake uh, live from Belfast. That's why I was supposed to be going to Belfast tomorrow, but um, the UK didn't open up to the States yet um, because I was going to do some of his interviewing him and speaking, but I wasn't able to do it. But it's going to be all live. I think it's nine hours of, of stuff. We have the link right there. We just, Revolution Church just popped up to, to that event in the comment section. And that would be another thing that I would ask you guys to share with your friends and your neighbors and your family. Um, it's really, really an incredible time. I attended wake the last time they had it before COVID. So I guess that was two years ago. Two years ago. So I was just coming out of my like divorce and suicide and, electric shock therapy and I was in a really really dark place and going to wake really one allowed me to kind of mourn which is the idea of awake but also allowed me to uh reminded me of what I'm uh, what I'm called to do reminded me of why I do the work I do and um also was allowed me to see other issues that are going on in the world and deeper issues. And honestly, one of the reasons I've decided to do a 10 year study on Hegel, uh, was because of, of, of wake. And, um, cause I read, I read a book from an author, uh, Todd McGowan, who was sp- a speaker at wake. And it was really just amazing. It was an amazing time. Um, unfortunately, you know, everybody won't be able to hang out and go to pubs cause it's online. Uh, but the information, the speakers, even the entertainment is just all really incredible. And so if you really want nine hours of, 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 of footage, nine hours of, of something that can change your life and be a part of something that's really amazing, even to just see if that be something maybe you'd interested in intending it going to in person mm-hmm. next year. Um, I think it's worth it. Like if you have a church, or you work for a church and your church pays for things like that, get your church to pay for it. But really I want to encourage you guys sign up for wake. It's going to mm-hmm. be incredible. And, um, Pete is just puts together just a first class group of people and, and brings really a lot of great information and, uh, and helps us think and helps us think well and helps us grow. And, and I think it's, it's well worth the money. I think it's like $55 for yeah. nine hours and uh, like if uh, find a friend and go in on it together and watch it together and you don't have to watch it at live. You can watch it later and all that stuff. So it's, it's really cool. I'm not getting any money for it. <laughs> um, I'm just pushing it because I believe in Pete's work. And if you love revolution and you like what's happening at revolution, I will say he's been a huge influence on my work, especially the past two years. Um, so it's just a chance to go deeper into the things that we're talking about. And we study every week. Um, 
and you get to see like Barry's going to be there and, and he's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, God, they got so many great speakers and, and musicians and artists this year. It's just really cool. So Very awesome. Do it, check it out and share it with your friends. Let people know about it because it's, it's going to be great. So that's wake and, and we've got the link here so you can go right there. It's pinned. It's pinned at the top. So get y'all tickets, yo, and go. Do it. So today I want to talk a little bit about weakness. Yes, weakness. You know, the idea of, of uh, when we are victims or when we're weak or when we're going through rough times, um, maybe another good word for it would be brittle spirits. Um, you know, when we have kind of a brittle spirit, when we're feeling brittle, when we're feeling weak, uh, when we're feeling like we can't go on, when we're feeling uh, victimized, hurt. I think maybe hurt is a good word for this as well. Um, I want to look a little bit at that today and, and what we do with that. Um, so I'm going to go into uh, First Thessalonians in uh, First Thessalonians 4. 14 is where we're going to be today and talk a little bit about uh, being weak. So this is where we're going to start. I've got a few different things to share with you guys today, but how does, how does the Christianity deal with weakness and what does it say about weakness? And, you know, I, I'm always curious of like, do we really want to subscribe to Christianity? And I think that's a good question to ask yourself. You know, is this really a religion I want to subscribe to? You know, or do I just think Jesus was a cool guy? Or, you know, um, because there's so much bullshit that also comes along with it, which we're going to talk about as well. But uh, what does some of the, the books in the Bible say about weakness? First Thessalonians 4. Uh, 14 says, for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Oh my gosh. You know what, guys? I'm reading the wrong thing. Extracurricular uh, Thessalonians for you. Yeah, that was a little extracurricular Thessalonians. I was talking about resurrection. Hallelujah. Um, 514 says, uh, and we urge you, and we urge you, beloved, to adom adominish? Admonish. Admonish. The idea of encouraging the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with all of them. See that none of you repay evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Um, so what I want to look at here is, is this idea of, and I urge you to be loved, to adonamish, the idea, the ideals, ideas, that is such a weird word, ideas. But he's saying, encourage the faint of the heart, help the weak, and be patient with all of them. So that's the idea is, are we being patient with the weak? Are we encouraging each other when we go through this kind of stuff? Now, here's the idea is, what is the weak? Who are the weak? And so... In my early years, I, I would look at this idea of encouraging the weak and, and how we we are patient with people who who, who who are weak. Was often I would see legalistic people as weak folks because I would always sometimes feel like the people who needed a lot of boundaries were often fearful of uh, of questions, fearful of doubt, and uh, things like that. But and I, but I think what it's saying here is encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all of them. See that none of you repay evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Now, when it says, uh, I think it's interesting because it talks about the weak, and then it goes right into saying, "Do not pay evil for evil." And I think often when we are weak, when we are hurt, when we have been victimized. It's often our nature, our human nature, to strike back, um, yeah. to return the bad for the bad. And one of the things that we've really done here in this community is try to encourage people to not return the favor. 
of 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 hurt, not return the favor of of, of not return evil for evil, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we take the higher road? How do we take the road less traveled? How do we literally embrace the idea that when Jesus says love your enemies, what that really means? And if you think about what is an enemy, enemy is someone who usually wants to hurt you. Um, the Bible says the enemy comes to still kill and destroy. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we are often victimized by others, um, they are the enemy. But the Bible has a very interesting way of talking to us. Jesus has a very different way of talking to us about how we handle enemies. The Apostle Paul has a very different way of talking about how we handle our enemies. And I guess that's one of the reasons why um, I would ask you guys, um, is Christianity the way we really want to follow? You know, is this, is this something that we're really interested in? Um, and you might say no, Jay, but I'm still interested in, 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 in not returning evil for evil sake. Well, great. Let's do it either way. Um, but the idea here is, You know, last week, Pete talked about projection, you know, and how often we're projecting our own insecurities onto others, our own hurts onto others, our own desires onto others and, and things like that. And I think we often do that with our, our judgment and with our pain. And so w- when we're hurt, we often want others to feel the pain that we're feeling by yeah. hurting them in return. Totally. Um, and so... Well, I guess the reason this is is so on my my mind is is often I'll, I'll, I talk when I talk about loving enemies, when I talk about the message of grace, when I talk about these things, uh, a lot of the pushback I get is, "Well, Jay, they're jerks," or "I'm so hurt," or "How can I love someone who victimized me?" or "How can I do that?" And you know, I always say, "Well, I'm not saying you've got to do that." You know, it's not what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is, is the Bible leads us in that direction. And so for me, it's always been one of those things where I really do firmly believe you can do it. And the reason I firmly believe you can do this type of love where we can, in our weakness, not return evil for evil sakes, and and which actually will bring us to a stronger place in our walk and in our life, in our run, in our race, is is because I've, I've, I've struggled and I've done it. And it's taken a lot of time. And so it's not anything that happens overnight. And I think that's one thing you have to keep in perspective is I think sometimes people come to hear talks and, and then hear the talk and think it's supposed to be like that. Like, here's the answers. No, you've got to put work into it. You know, like uh, what Pete said, you know, Pete didn't just wake up one day and be like, this is what I'm going to tell you about. No, he spent 10, 15, 20 years, you know, studying this stuff to get to the point where he could communicate this with us and to talk about us with us. So it does take time. Time is, is part of it. You know, living life, having experiences, having community is all part of, of what we're talking about here. Um, but so often I think the reason I, I think we have to be sensitive to the weak, but also encourage them to be strong is the fact is when we are constantly weak and when we are constantly victims and lashing back out at other people, not a lot gets done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and you, and I see it so much, and that's the weird thing with social media is how many different types of people you see communicating their pain and their hurt. And so yesterday or the day before I put something out about like, and then Jesus said, they'll know you by your belittling of other believers, you know, (laughs) and letting the majority, let you know that the majority of this faith are all jerks, but you're not, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of, Mm -hmm. I'm summing them up. I don't remember the exact tweet was, but I now even had a humanist friend check on me like, dude, are you okay? Uh, I can imagine me saying this, but not you. Um, but the idea is I think we sell ourselves short with how much grace we're able to give and the, and how, how we're able to walk. And when we sit within the weakness, um, our own weakness, our own hurts, our own pains and return the hurt for hurt sake, um. Well, one, there's not a lot of growth, and two, we just continue to to build this cycle, and um, mm-hmm. and so we we attack the abusers, we attack the mean people, um, 
But the reality is in life is that we're always going to be surrounded by people who are abusers. We're always going to be surrounded by people who are mean and people who are hateful. Um, and, and I think one of the things the Bible does for me, and one of the things Christ does, the, Christ's life and Paul's teachings and different things like this have encouraged me to do, is to see how I navigate them and not allow them to cause me to give up. But I think it also comes from having good community. So, you know, here when it talks about, um, on 14 it says, I think it's here. It says, help the weak, be patient with all of them. So when it says help the weak, what it's saying is it's encouraging us to help others not who are in their weakness and in their hurt and in their pain see things differently. And I feel like that's what I'm trying to do with revolution as well is say, you know what, we're here for you. We understand your pain. We understand what you're going through, but we want to also help you get to a point where that's not a defined place in your life anymore. You know, where you're able to, we want to help you get strong. Mm. That's the idea is mm. like, I want to encourage you to read certain things and listen to certain things and, and try new things to encourage you not to live within that weakness, mm. you know, and, and to grow strong and to grow to the point where you're able to deal with the enemy, where you're able to even eventually love the enemy, um, where we're able to deal with mean people in a different way. And almost to a point where we're almost able to be able to have empathy for them and to see, in some ways, when I see angry, hurt people, you start to start to wonder what happened. What happened to them? Mm. Mm -hmm. What have they been through? Why are they so insecure? You know, and then you go like, maybe they're weak, you know, and maybe this is a defense mechanism that they've built to fight away anyone from getting to know them and know who they are. And it's the only way they feel assured in this world. The only insurance they have in this world is by being angry and by hurt and by pushing people away. Wow, yeah. And by victimizing others in order to the only way they ever feel power in their life is by making others feel less than, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think we've all been around people who are insecure, but they're like know-it-alls, you know, and you just like, you can never be right around them, you know, but then you realize is they're kind of insecure. I used to have one friend in particular who I always felt like crap being around, you know, and then one day they just had a moment of clarity and said, you know, I just, I'm really insecure. I'm just you know, I try to learn all this stuff and know all this stuff to just feel like I belong in this world. And, and sometimes it doesn't work, you know? And so realizing that this was, you know, a defense mechanism and even they were weak. And so I had to learn to care for them. But this idea is, is that I, I want to put out there is that weak people hurt weak people, mm. not just hurt people, hurt people, but weak people people who are struggling and going through their own thing. And so the idea is that maybe we even eventually develop an empathy or a sympathy for those who have hurt us or even hurt those we love. And that's a hard one. It's one to be like, well, you hurt me. I can figure that out. But when it's like, you've hurt my family or you've hurt my friends, you know, for me, that's when I want to go fight. You know, I I, I don't want to get like a lot of empathy, you know, but I'm starting to learn to see it differently because I have fought for some of my friends who've been like, well, Jay, you got to look at it this way. And you go, <laughs> oh, shoot, I'm sorry. You know, and see it differently. Um, it also, there's a, a thing too, is like when you love, and then sometimes when you love those who've hurt others, who you care about, your friends who you care about might be mad at you too. Mm-hmm. Be like, what are you doing? But what it does is it opens up an opportunity for conversation. It opens up the opportunity for 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 thinking for, 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 for having good conversation, for, uh, just having well, good discussions or arguing well, Mm -hmm. um, to have those hard conversations that do allow growth to happen. And I honestly, I speak all of this to you guys today out of my own life, out of my own pains, out of my own hurts and out of my own weaknesses. Um, because you know, the church, I will say this, the church will turn you bitter. And and, and and crush your hope if you you know if you aren't careful mm-hmm. you know um, if you don't remain cautious and mm-hmm. so often you really have to be cautious in the church but what I've also realized is that it's not just the church that does that 
Yeah. That it's all sorts of communities that we join. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched tons of different communities turn within themselves, have operational problems, have issues, have disagreements. And how do we disagree? Well, that's the question is mm-hmm. how in organizations, how in communities do we learn to disagree? Well, and this is one community where I feel like we've, we've really started to develop a, a way to disagree. Well, and I, and I, and I love that about this community, um, but you do have to, you know, be careful, watch yourself and, and not be crushed. Um, but also, Ask yourself, you know, does your defense mechanisms, does your, out of your own weakness, do you start to crush others? Hmm. You know, I follow some really brilliant people, but sometimes it's really makes me sad to see some of these people who are really brilliant, just focus on how horrible other Christians Hmm. are. Right. You know, and just continuously talk about the church sucks and the church is this and Mm -hmm. the pastors are this and these people are that, you know, I'm going like, I mean, honestly, that's why I like to call this a a gathering and not a church right now because that it's just a really gross place to be because it's so divided. Mm-hmm. And even the people who I'm like, oh, these are great thinkers are often just turning around and just pointing out the the errors and the the faults of each other. And everybody's just pointing out each other's faults to the point I'm like, okay, that's great. Mm-hmm. I know there's faults, but mm-hmm. where do we go from here? Yeah. What do we do to change that? What do we do to create a better atmosphere? I don't want to just create an alternative to something, mm. you know, what I want to do is, 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 is go in and make a difference. I want to change right. things. You know, I, mm. I want to see a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Reformation. A, a reformation. That's exactly the word I was looking for. Thank you. I want to see a reformation happen in the church, you know, a, a reformation that's not us killing each other and going at war with each other, but it's us learning on how do we communicate well with each other and how do we even agree to disagree at certain points i'm not saying that we have to be lukewarm and get spewed from your mouth which everybody seems to be really into right now is yeah. lukewarm's not cool i'm like okay so this group's not cool and then the group in the middle is not cool so only the group over here is cool you know i mean it's it's hard for me because i feel like we just continue to push people away and continue to push people out but i feel like that's out of weakness yeah. Because it mm. really requires a lot of strength to say, we've got to sit down at the table together. We've got to have these hard conversations and we've got to think differently. And not every battle is mine. You know, that's another mm. thing is I don't have to fight every battle. I don't have to fix every person. I don't have to fix everything. But how do I live in my own life this way? Mm. And how do I communicate this with others? Now, me as a leader, I do reach out to people and try to communicate with them. You really think this is the best way to do it? You really think this is this person's the savior? You really think this is, you know what I mean? Like, let's just think critically. Can we learn to think mm-hmm. critically, but also think critically about our own actions and where we belong in that? Um, you know, how do we grow and not become what we despise? You know, and that's the issue is that we've, I think if that was just something we kept in our in our toolbox, in our head, is how do I not become what the very thing I despise? How do I not become a country club? You know, how does my group not become the exclusive group, the cool kids? You know what I mean? Because that's what a lot of us feel like, I don't want to go there anymore because they're so exclusive and they're the cool kids and I have to do this and this to fit in. You know, so I'm going to start a group that says you can't do any of that stuff to fit into my group. You know, and then you're actually <laughs> yeah. you're just like, which country club do you want to join? Right. You know, which gang do you want to be a member of? And, um, for me, that's not really how we go forward, you know, because the important things of like loving our neighbors as ourselves, loving our enemies, you know, taking care of those who are suffering, taking care of the persecuted, taking care of the hurting, um, the, basically all the beatitudes, you know, all that stuff is not going to get done if we're all constantly at each other's throats. But you know what a great thing would be to do is how could we come together and avoid the us versus them mentality? is that maybe we could find something that we agree with and work together on that. You know, like, hey, we all know how to make sandwiches and we all know how to feed homeless people. Maybe we could do that. And then afterwards, we could go out and have a drink and talk about our differences there. You know? Um, I mean, could you imagine if we were having difficult conversations with a lot of these even like, I look at some of these mega churches and some of these guys that are in preachers and sneakers and all this stuff. And I'm like... 
could you imagine if we could work things out with these folks who know how to lead really well and, and raise funds really well and do these types of things really well, and we could come to a medium point and maybe learn to work together and help each other out? Wow, that would be kind of weird and cool. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's kind of like, no, we've got to erase that, you know? And for me, I want to have hope for the hopeless. You know, like the miracles I want to see aren't people raising from the dead. The miracles I want to see is that enemies being kind to one another, people changing, um, people thinking differently, people taking um, accountability, having accountability for not just Mm. each other, not just holding you accountable, but holding themselves accountable. Mm. And how cool would that be? Yeah. Um, so I feel that this is why leadership is important um, to help bear one another's burdens and teach others how to deal with pain and how to develop strength through that pain. I'm going to go over to Peter, first Peter two 21. Let's hope that this one's right for to this. You have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps he commanded, he committed no sin and no dissent was found in his mouth. When he, was, when he was abused, he did not return abuse. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore no, bore no sins in his body on the cross so that free from sin, we might live for righteousness. Um, But here, I want to go back a little bit. Let's read the important part. 22. When he was abused, he did not return abuse. When he suffered, he did not threaten. You know, Jesus' last words, forgive them, forgive them. They know not know what they do. They weren't like, I'm going to get you or, you know, bring down hellfire and brimstone. Um, It was this idea that that is like when people say, well, I just want to be Jesus. I'm just a Jesus. I remember I had a pastor friend who's like, I'm just a Jesus guy. I'm just a Jesus guy. (laughs) Just Jesus. That's it. I was a part of a group at one time that used to be called themselves Red Letter Christians, and I was real Paulinian, yeah. so I was kind of confused by it, but mm-hmm. still dug it. And so if you want to be just a Red Letter Christian, you just want to be Jesus, well, good luck. Is um, here is saying, you know, when Jesus was abused, he did not return the abuse. When he suffered, he did not threaten. And so this is the thing is like we often get caught into the cycle of abuse where we're abused and we abuse back one way or the other. We get revenge. Or there's another really unhealthy way of dealing with it is we just shut down, push it down, and we never talk about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we just, it just sits there. Yep. And I think we also have to be careful of that. So I'm not just going to confront the people who are out there being angry all the time. I also want to talk to you who've maybe taken your pain and your hurt and you just pushed it away and aren't dealing with it at all. We've got to learn to deal with our pain. We have to learn to deal with it. And that's how we become stronger. But I also believe that's why the Bible says we need to help one, help carry one another's burdens. And so you might say, well, Jay, I'm not really in a community right now where that can happen, or I'm online with you guys, and, and I just don't feel like that's enough of a safe space to do that. Um, well, I, I mean, honestly, if you do have insurance or something like that, I, I recommend therapy. The One of the reasons I went to therapy is to find someone who knew about how to deal with pain and help me carry my pain and help me deal with my pain in a positive way. I mean, that's why we go to therapy, not just to be like, Oh, I just talk about shit all day, but to literally learn how do I take this pain and create it into something else? How do I heal from it, but also become stronger so it doesn't happen to me again. And what the great thing is, is when you start to grasp that, then you become like this, this, you know, evangel, you start to evangelize for this idea of, Mm -hmm. Hey, you don't have to live in this pain all the time. Yeah, it's still going to hurt. Yeah, it's still going to be a scar. Yeah, you're going to carry these things with you. But how you can help carry other people's burdens as well. So sometimes when we're so hurt and so bitter, it's not possible. But that's when I recommend therapy. I recommend having good friends. Um, just to call back to Pete again, Pete was a really good friend for me through some really dark times, uh, a few different dark times, to be honest with you. And I was grateful for that. You know, I, I also had people in my, my friendship circle who told me like, mm, just give up or just do something else with your life. And I'm glad I didn't listen to a lot of them. Um, I'd probably be stocking shelves right now rather than yeah. talking to you if I had listened to some of those folks. You got pretty serious about your Costco fantasies there for a little while. Yeah, I did. And I even was, I was like two days away from a job at a, at a coffee shop. Coffee but, shop, yeah. Yeah. But my schedule with the kids didn't allow me to get hired. 
Thank goodness. Yeah, right. Um, and if I have to get one of those jobs one day, that's fine. But mm. my, my point is, is this, is that, you know, surrounding yourself with people who also don't let you give up, who also encourage you to be strong, who also encourage you to make the hard decisions to go take the road less traveled, the, the narrow road that the Bible talks about. Mm-hmm. I used to think the narrow road was narrow because there weren't any like movie theaters and concert halls and bars and strip clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so it's just a really narrow road that you had to walk down because oh, I can't lust. I can't do this. You know, <laughs> what I didn't realize is the narrow road isn't about that at all, but the narrow road was just saying like, it's really easy just to sit and be comfortable with your pain and be bitter and be angry and live in that. Or you can take this really narrow road that's really hard to walk up and it's going to be kind of a pain in the ass, but then you can learn to be strong and you can learn to face your pain and deal with your demons. Mm. You know, like the other night I was laying in bed and I just felt like every darkness come into my mind and I was just, oh, and I was just like, oh, my demons are here. But mm. the fact was, as I realized that they were my demons and I realized where they were and that they were in front of me and they weren't inside of me where I couldn't even separate the, my demons from myself. Wow. You know, like I knew that this isn't me. This is the darkness that I deal with and I struggle with. And so I'm not going to give them a space to live in me anymore because it used to be that I just thought, no, you're a piece of shit. Oh, you're not good enough at this. You know, oh, you're not lovable. Oh, you can't be a good father. You know, and I would think all these things and think it was me. But no, it was really this negativity. It was this listening to what others' voices were saying in my head. And now I'm realized to recognize that's just a thought. Those are just ideas. Those are just things that aren't really helpful to me. So I'm going to let them pass by. Mm-hmm. Or I'll let them sit at the edge of my bed and, and, and try to like get me to come down. But I'm going to be like, no, I see who you are. And we can sit here and we can all be really uncomfortable. But we're not going to be one again. We're not going to do this because I'm mm. going to take this road that kind of kicks my ass a little bit so I can love better, so I can be a better leader, so I can not only look at the person who victimized me and have love in my heart for them, but that I might be able to have arguments with them and argue with them well and lead them to a place of change that cause, that hopefully leads to them not victimizing others mm. and not growing an army of victimizers, you know, and eventually maybe even saves themselves from being a victim as well, because they've created such a graceless for, you know, community. Mm-hmm. And that's my hope. And my, I really hope that, you know, and I've been lucky in this life to sit down with Jerry Falwell and Rick Warren and Joel Olstein and have conversations with them because I don't know how it happened each in each incident was a little bit different than the the next, Mm -hmm. but I've been able to have these conversations with certain people that I thought I would never be able to even be in a room with. So you just never know what's going to come out of that and and where you're going to be. And the fact is, how cool is it to stop a cycle of suffering, not just in your own life, but for others? You know, I mean, there's a reason why, like, you know, if, if you were sexually abused or molested, why you want to go to the police, why you want to talk about it is one you want to help get that person off the street. So someone else doesn't get sexually abused or hurt, you know? Um, I mean, that's the main, like, Hey, we, I, this happened to me. I don't want this to happen to anybody else, mm-hmm. you know? And I know people who were sexually abused and never talked about it and never spoke about it and were afraid that they would be blamed or afraid, you know, because all these demons and all mm. these things came in their mind and they were manipulated and they were hurt. Um, and so they never were able to say anything. And so this person was able to continue to do their victimizing as they will. Now, I'm not saying that that makes that person who suffered bad. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is what are ways that we can come out of these way- situations and make them better? We're like kind of like the Batman theory, you know, his parents were killed. So now he's going to fight crime for the rest of his life. So nobody has to go through that. Now, not the healthiest way to do it. Mm. But the idea is not a bad idea as mm. how can we help protect others um, but instead of beating the snot out of the bad guys, how do we allow them to see their own faults? Now, here's another thing that I find very interesting is when I was getting sober, uh, first getting sober, we had to do a, a resentment list of all these people we resented. And man, mine was like a toilet paper roll. It was pretty long. And, um, and one of the things that my, my sponsor made me do was, all of a sudden be like, okay, what was your, 
what did you have to do with that? What were your insecurities that played into why this was a situation? Now, I didn't know I was going to have to go apologize to some of these people that I thought were assholes to me. <laughs> now, this is 12-step program, okay? I'm not trying to say this is Jesus, this is the church, but this is a 12-step program. And I'm going like, because all of a sudden I started to realize that some of these people that I thought were victimizing me, I was being victimized because of how I, because of my learned behavior. I was actually manipulating certain situations so I would become a victim. Hmm. And so what I had to do was, is I had to own my side of the street. I had to take responsibility for my own actions and my own weaknesses and my own insecurities and realize that, wow, I played a part in this. And I think that's something that we often might mislook, especially when we've been victimized. Um, and I'm not talking about sexual victimization. I'm not trying to say, oh, you asked for it. I'm not saying that at mm. all. So please know that clearly. Um, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, in other areas of our lives, what were our roles? You know, like I've sat with preachers that I didn't like and read them the riot act and told them they were full of shit. And, you know, not that simply, mm. but said things like that. And then we're like, God, that guy was so mean to me. I don't understand why. Well, that's because I just told him his whole life was a joke. You know, and I wasn't productive at all. I wasn't arguing well at all. I was just mm. angry and yeah. wanted to tell him that he was a piece of crap. In other instances, I've had moments where we've sat down and I was able to say, like, you know, in the past I've felt this way because I was insecure and you said some of these things, you know, and had the tough conversations. And that does take some time for growth. And I, I'm grateful for sobriety for allowing me to see the fact that I always sometimes play, well, a lot of times I play a part, my own insecurities, my own learned behaviors. Even having dyslexia as a kid in school, you think, you know, well, that's not your fault. But what I realized is that I learned to manipulate not being a part of certain things, you know, um, because I was afraid I couldn't do them. So I learned how to manipulate myself. So like if I had to read out loud at class, all of a sudden I knew where I was going to go to the, I got to go to the bathroom or I had to, just little things like these, but these learned areas of my life of how to move through. So I wasn't embarrassed became other areas of my life as well. So I kind of got these like these coping mechanisms that weren't necessarily healthy that sort of mm. uh, pop up into other places in my life. For example, my marriage, I've been married twice and believe it or not, it wasn't just both their fault. I played a part in that. And a lot of that was, I read this book called my dyslexia and it changed my life because I realized, Oh, there were some things, some learned behaviors that I brought into my marriage that I brought into my friendships that I brought into my leadership skills that I just, there were certain things that I avoided that I should have confronted right mm. away. Mm. But because I had learned to avoid certain situations, I brought that into other areas of my life and it really went right back to my dyslexia. Interesting. So you see, it's like wow. bad behavior doesn't always come out of an issue. You know, sometimes bad behavior comes out of a truth, victimless crime, mm. but it's still because you learn how to, your coping mechanisms ends up creating a bad behavior that hurts others, keeps others out and also keeps you from being able to look at yourself and like, where does my part in this? Wow. So yeah, it, it's very interesting what we can learn about ourselves and learn about others and how we cope uh, with pain and how we cope with hurt and how we cope with disagreements. Um, so for a long time, I just avoided conflict, especially in my marriages, you know, and what I've realized in my life is, is that's no way to live. Mm. And what that does is just create resentment anger and hate and almost all serenity, almost all peace is sucked out of the room and sucked out of the relationship because you don't deal with the issues at hand. So things become bigger and different and you, and to the point where you don't even recognize the original issues. Um, so we have to keep an eye on ourselves as well and keep ourselves accountable and ask ourselves, why did I feel that way? You know, when I go in and I'm around the speaker and they say these things, why I'm angry but why am I angry? What insecurity is this kicking into? What, why? Because, you know, if I go into a church now and I hear pastors like, women shouldn't preach and pastors shouldn't do this and you shouldn't be divorced. You know, I just sit there and go like, and I just disagree with the guy. But there was a time in my life where I would sit and hear this stuff and I'd be so damn angry. And I think sometimes I was angry because I was like, well, what if this guy's right? Or what if I've missed it? Or what if this is, you know what I mean? Like you just, you know, so sometimes when you're the most angry, it's not good just to just like, I'm going to lash out right away, sit with it and go, why does this make me angry? Mm. What is this? What box is this ticking, mm. uh, you know, checking in, in on my list? Where are my insecurities playing in this? Where mm. is, where is my self-worth playing in this? 
You know, why am I feeling insecure? Because a lot of times I realize that my anger, when I let it sit to just calm down a little bit, was out of my own insecurities. Oh, yeah. You know, and as being a drunk, being uh, so uh, introverted that it's crazy, you know, like, you know, I started to start to realize, oh, my introversion plays a part of this. My mm. dyslexia played a part of it. My self-medicating played a part of it. Um, avoiding conflict played a part of it. You know, so it was really easy for me to say, well, I can blame like my first wife. I can blame her for this one really big bad thing that she did and she shouldn't have done that and she was horrible. But if I let myself calm down, relax and think of our past together, I can see where actions in my own being, my own insecurities slowly led to the bigger problem, to the big, the end all, you know. But it was through these small incidences where I played a part in those situations. Mm. So it's important to look at ourselves and um, be honest about who we are and not being perfect. Because to me, that's incredible. Not being, you know, I'm not a saint, never will be. Um, so there you go. Um, unless some of you paint, put a painting of me <laughs> as a saint, but just have my fingers crossed, and <laughs> a cigarette hanging out of my mouth. I don't smoke anymore, so just have nicotine mints. Um, <laughs> All right, I'm going to try to finish this thing because we were going way too long, which I thought was going to be really short. Um, what about those who abuse power? Jay, what about those who are abusing power? Well, my first advice is, is you know, me and Caleb were talking about this earlier because some stuff came up about Mark Driscoll in the media just again, something happening there. And um, I was talking a lot about, we were talking about people who went to Mark Driscoll's church and how angry a lot of them were and blah, blah, blah. But how, you know, you never heard, like, for me, I'm like, but you did make the choice to sit in a church where a pastor said women shouldn't get married and that, you know, your penis was an extension of God's penis. Yeah, I mean, like, you did sit <laughs> right. and join a church that said those things. So the question is, is why? Mm -hmm. Why would you be a part of a community like that, you know? I mean, yeah, the guy's an asshole, but you also joined up to be under an asshole right. for a long time. So yeah. the question is, is... I'm not saying you're bad because of this. What I'm trying to say is, why? Why were you there? Why were you a part of it? You know, when I when when I noticed, you know, my parents fell, everybody pointed, pointed, pointed. But you know, no one was talking about, well, I joined the community because this, this, or this. You know, you have to ask yourself, right? You know, because sometimes we're so angry at ourselves that that's why we're attacking that person, why we're attacking the leader who made the mistake or attacking the other people, because we're so angry because we felt like we got tricked, we got hoodwinked. Yeah. So the question is, why did we get hoodwinked? What is it the fact that we see a part of ourselves in that person we're judging? Is it a part that we see a part of our own communities and the other community that we say is awful and evil, so we just point fingers at that so mm. we never have to confront our own faults, yeah. our own issues, that we never have to have the hard conversations with ourselves mm -hmm. and with our own community. So we just stay focused on the enemy. Yeah. And so they just continue to rule us and we stay at the same place. We hate them, they hate us, and we stay there. But when we look at our own selves, we can own what we want. And then we can sit into a, go into someone like Driscoll's church and just go like, this guy's off base. He's missing it. And I would never join this church. You know, matter of fact, I would like to help people who are in a community like this, get out of a community. Right. And I, matter of fact, if I could talk to the leader, I'd like to sit down and say to him, Hey, have you ever thought about a, B, C or D, mm -hmm. you know, and we can make these changes. I do believe it. I know a lot of you are thinking I'm just full of shit and uh, I have this great magical dream, but I believe it's reality. And and I believe the work that I'm doing is more important than me. That's why I'm trying to pass it on to you guys as well, because I think we can make a difference in each other's lives. Um, so what about those who abuse their power in leadership? Run from them. That's what my first advice is, is run. Get away. Leave. Leave the church. As soon as you start to realize that something's wrong, mm -hmm. just get out of there. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are so many communities and so many different people you can be a part of their lives. You know, you can ask people to coffee. You don't have to go to church with them. Take time to look at the situation. Take a good look at yourself as well and see why you're part of it. See what part you played and may have need and may have needed in that dynamic. One of the ways is, is if you see what your part was and if you did realize you played a part, you can go make amends to them. And you'll never believe it, but man, sometimes just making amends to somebody helps them all of a sudden look at their own side. Like, oh yeah, well, you know what you... You know, like going back to a teacher and saying, hey, you know, I, I did this and I treated you this way when I was a kid. And, 
and I'm really sorry that I did that. You know, and my teacher comes back and goes, you know what, though, you're a teenager and you're going through that. And I was overwhelmed because I had a bunch of teenagers of just like you who were all going through the same thing. And sometimes I didn't handle it that well. And you go, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, we're both kind of owning our side of the street. This is really interesting. Um, So a lot of coolness comes out of us just even making amends for even if our part's not the biggest part, it's, we just still like, I'm going to you know, I'm going to ask for forgiveness because I did play a little part in this. And, right. you know, sometimes you end up seeing that person come to a realization of their own faults and their own shortcomings. But you know what? I also believe that we, um, the other can piss us off, but we can also work on our capacity, our capacity to love from afar as well. We don't have to always love and be up in their business. Mm. That's why I said, you got to take time and focus on yourself and look at your own side of the street and you might just say like, this is a bit beyond my pay raise. And I have a lot of, of my pay, my pay raise, my, whatever, my pay rate. grade, my pay grade, you know, uh, and it might be, you know, like, I don't think I'm going to sit down with any of the like presidents or any of these huge top politicians and have conversations with them. So I kind of just have to back off and say, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what I believe. And this is, I don't want to see this happen, but I'm not able to go right directly into it. So I'm going to work on my level and mm-hmm. stay in my pay grade, stay in my lane, bro, mm-hmm. and um, and work out, uh, live life on life's terms. So sometimes you have to live life on life's terms and you just have to go away and do your own thing and accept yourself and allow yourself to become better, you know? And then maybe you'll be in a situation or you'll know somebody who's in that situation that you'll be able to help. So. My main thing out of this is what some of us who are most vocal and screaming the loudest about isn't working. Mm. And some people who I love, sometimes it's not even just them. It's the things that they repeat or that they tell me about or stories they share on social media that just discourage me so much because it's just, oh, so many discouraging things that, that don't help. So, so sometimes I think we have to ask ourselves, is this helping or am I just stoking the fire? Mm. You know, am I just stoking the the war, you know, am I just helping people get more ammunition to use right. to fight, you know, or am I being a peacemaker? Cause the Bible says blessed are the peacemakers. And the reason is, is the peacemakers are taking the road less traveled, you know, they're avoiding the pot shots. Um, they're avoiding the pettiness, you know, can I be a peacemaker? But it requires a lot. It requires a lot to love your enemies as well. I think that's the hard thing is, as we see those verses as these little like, Ooh, aren't they cute and fuzzy and just throw away, but they're not, they're intense and they're tough and they're hard. You know, sometimes I hear people say like, Oh, people only show, share the easy quotes of MLK, you know, oh, those are the just easy quotes. Don't, why don't you talk about like him being against the Vietnam war and things like that? I'm like, yeah, those are tough quotes. But if you took those quotes where we're talking about, you know, loving your enemy or, you know, not being silent in a time when it, when it's not convenient or not letting someone pull you down far enough to hate, you know, if you really take those, those easy quotes to heart, they're not easy quotes. Mm. They're mountains. They're mountains that we have to climb and we need to do it together. And that's why we have to carry one another's burden. Um, so those love quotes aren't always really easy quotes. We just have to become so desensitized to them that we think, oh, that's warm and fuzzy. Mm. Um, no, it's harder. It's harder to shut up sometimes. It's harder to be silent sometimes and wait for the right timing. I'm not saying be silent, but I'm saying waiting for the right moment. Right. Waiting to be when you are prepared to face the demons. Waiting to be prepared when you're willing to sit down with your enemy or with your abuser or with those victim those who ca- cause us to be victims with our enemies. You know, sometimes it's knowing self-growth. It's knowing when to say like I read a lot, so sometimes people are like, "Oh, you're very quiet. Why are you so silent, Jay? Your silenceness is deafening." Mm. You know, and you get like I'm working on it because I want to say the right thing because I want to make sure that when I enter the conversation, I have something to add that I'm not just another voice and I'm not just some voice crying in the wilderness, but I I'm a voice that, that like, you know, blessed are the feet that bring the good news that, that, that I'm that voice Mm -hmm. that I'm bringing something productive to the table. And, um, because everybody's pissed off. We all know these people are jerks. You know, I'm not going to just come in and just, bring that, you know, bring the same old information. I want to bring something that's going to be positive. Like how do we stop them from being jerks? How do we make a difference here? Um, you know, um, 
when I say people say I could never forgive them, it, it does break my heart because one of the things I want to do is help you forgive those who've hurt you. Um, when I was younger, I was sexually abused. Okay. And the reason I say that is because that's a lot of the people come on here and say, well, Jay, you don't understand. And I want to let you know, I, I've been in, in dark, dark places, not just the fall of Jim and Tammy. I've been in dark places and, um, and had to confront that kind of stuff. So what I want to say is don't sell yourself short. Cause I don't think it's weak to say I could never forgive them. I think that's on a statement and that's okay. But what I want to say is, is just leave out. Never just say, I can't forgive them now. I can't deal with it at this point. I can't see it in the foreseeable future. You know, don't sell yourself short because you're stronger than you think. And you're stronger than you give credit for mm. yourself credit for. And I'm not trying to be like, this is a self-help motivational talk. But honestly, I'm just trying to say this is a talk that I've learned to live, and I've learned to live through reading the Bible, through having Pete Rollins as a friend, through reading Hegel, through reading Martin Luther King Jr., through having other friendships and relationships with people, by going through really dark times, um, by destroying and being part of two marriages that didn't work. Um, I've learned these in the situations to live life on life's terms. Honestly, I could just get rid of the whole spiritual aspect of this Bible and just say, you know, there's things in this Bible that were end up being practical in my life, you know? And that's why I'm sharing it with you today. I'm not trying to say this is any supernatural thing, but it's something that some others may call miracles and something you may call a miracle in your life because you never thought that you would have the strength to do that. And what I'm willing to say is I'm willing to bet that you do. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow, mm. but it might be somewhere down the future that you find the strength in yourself mm. to do something that is bigger than yourself. And, and I believe we all are capable of doing that. So I think it's tough for me because as a teacher, that is my hope for you. Um, that you're able to face your fears and find peace through hard work and that you can help stop the cycle of abuse in your own life and in others' lives. I mean, that's my hope. And I'm going to end with James, my favorite book in the Bible. That's a joke. <laughs> the Epistle of Straw, as Martin Luther liked to call. Is that what he called it? Yeah, he hated the book of James. He wanted it taken out of the canon. James 1, 2 says... My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy. Now, this is a hard one to grasp. Count it as joy. Count it as joy. Because you know that testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. And so I think... James is on to something here. Um, like the whole idea of faith without works is dead because our works, maybe not to us, but to others, it becomes dead. Um, so, so I think what James is saying is allow the pain and the suffering to find a way to be productive. You know, um, mm. It's like using every part of the animal, you know, it's like, we, mm. we're going to eat everything. We're going to use the leather. We're going to use the hoofs and make jello. Um, you know, cow butthole soup is my favorite. <laughs> um, but the fact is, it's like, we're going to use everything we can mm. and make it better. And so it's saying, you know, so when you go through suffering and now I'm able to see this, what James is saying is that when I do go through it, I'm not stoked to go through it and I'm not like, Oh, this is mm -hmm. joyful. But I do know that there's a lesson to be learned, that I do know there's going to be something greater than myself happen. So I want to see you be strong. I want to see you be able to find strength in suffering. And I'm not saying like bro strength, like man strength, like we're going to go wrestle in the mud. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying a beautiful strength of self-healing and, and healing of others and stopping uh, vicious cycles. Two, the fact is, is that no one cares. And that's good news and bad news. Now, I'm not going to say no one completely cares, but most people don't care, and mm -hmm. most people are dealing with their own stuff. Um, and learning that kind of helps grow, mm -hmm. too. So mm -hmm. there you go. That's my talk today. I hope we can all find some strength in that. We're going to open it up for Q&A. You know what, Caleb? I'm going to do something I've never done before, What's and I'm going to get up and use the restroom okay. and let you look at some questions and maybe even have your own. Okay, sounds good. Steve shared a verse, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 here in the chat. God's grace is made perfect in our weakness. That's, that's really good. That's really deep. Um, God's grace is made perfect in our weakness. I guess that, that kind of points to the fact that 
grace is played out because of our weakness, I suppose, that uh, we, we engage in grace because we engage in sin. Without sin, there's no need for grace, and so it's played out and perfected, and we see how it can fit into different molds. We see how it can adapt and react to different situations by applying grace to different situations and experiencing it in three dimensions. Oh, hey, Jay. Hey. I just walked away to do a little prayer. I thought I felt the temperature of the room change. The spirit is now among us. The coffee was a little bit large for Sunday morning. All right, Jay. Well, uh, just a couple of comments here we can look at. Jason or Jason said, we have to be open to growth and having those hard conversations that we've struggled so hard to push deep down. And he mentioned that before you had mentioned about um, when, we, when we don't confront weakness and we just keep kind of compressing. Yeah, sort of yeah. Thing. Totally. Yeah. And then Steve said something very sweet. Steve said, you are a great role model for us. Thank you for sharing so clearly about your own weaknesses and how you transform them into strengths. Oh, thanks, man. And then also said, great preaching, Jay. Thanks. Coming from a preacher like Steve, that's yeah, a high that praise. Yeah, that is very high praise. Thank very you, high sir. praise. Beth said, beautiful message as always. Love you both. Thanks, mm. Beth. That's very sweet. Kate also sends love. Um, yeah, just a lot of nice positive feedback. Roberta said, avoid us versus them. Yep. Miguel said that he missed us last week. And Greg liked what you were saying about believers belittling each other. <laughs> They'll know you by how you belittle each other. <laughs> yes. By you belittling up one another. Mm-hmm. So belittle one another. Um, is that it? That's about it. Wow. Yeah. Well, thanks, everybody. That was nice. I expected a little more kickback today. Present surprise. Now that I've got to go drive over to the shot factory that's right so the funniest thing about pete's talk last week and the comments that i read was somebody said i really hope that all of a sudden caleb just walks into the background and sits on the couch (laughs) which now had i thought about that would have been an expensive joke but it would have been good (laughs) um but caleb helped get that thing together because it was really pain to get us get us all that stuff worked out and get it on facebook we're really trying to get this this video stuff put together hey one more thing everybody as I mentioned before, please check out Wake. We pinned up the comment on the top to, uh, link to PeteRollins.com uh, to check out Wake. I can't recommend, I know that $55 can be a lot of money, but it's nine hours of like really amazing information, mm-hmm. uh, really amazing entertainment, but also really uh, just, it's a great, he's a, Pete Rollins is a great person to learn from. And like I said, if you enjoy what you hear here at Revolution, I can just say that my years of friendship and the past couple of years, especially of Revolution, have really been inspired by Pete Rollins's work. And I can't recommend it enough. And I'd say it's the best uh, best fifty five dollars you could spend. I don't usually tell people to go do that kind of thing, but I really can't recommend Wake enough. Um, it really played a huge part mm. in my life, uh, mm-hmm. getting back on my feet after a really dark, tough time. And, um, so please sign up for it. And matter of fact, if you're part of a church, let your church know about wake, you know, let people in the church know about it. Check out if you know, pastors and people in leadership, man, it, it, I, I just can say it, it, it's undoubtedly would be an amazing tool for them mm-hmm. to be a part of that. And the great thing is, is, you know, you're not having to sit there and read a long book. You're able to just sit there and listen and take notes and you can go back and listen again um, please, please uh, recommend that to your friends and, and, and folks around you. I really wish I could get every church in the country to make their pastors go to Wake. But I wish also every person would go to Wake because I'm so grateful for what it taught me and being able to be a part of such a really cool thing. And mm. it's going to be live from Northern Ireland and Belfast. And you're just going to hear from a lot of great people that we don't always get a chance to hear from. So please check out Wake. I'm not there. I want to be there. I was supposed to be flying out there tomorrow, but the UK was not open to the uh, to people from the States traveling there, so we're not going to be there. So thank you so much. Hey, if you like what you hear, feel free to uh, go to revolutionchurch.com slash donations and um, make a donation and uh, help us continue to do this work. Thanks a lot, folks. Have a great week, and we will see you soon. We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Okay.